RNMD is a show about hospital relationships from the perspective of doctors and nurses. You're very smart, and we know that you would never come to a podcast for medical advice. So obviously, call your non-podcasting doctor and nurse team if you need any medical care. Oh, and we should also mention that we don't represent any hospital at all, ever. Okay, start the thing. Check one. Check one, two. Yeah, mine's recording. Boobies. 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 Check one, two. Okay, you did it. Now, you can fix your mic. I had my coffee. I'm fixing my mic. And then we're getting close to showtime. Showtime, 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 showtime. Right? It's showtime. Did you fix it? Bring it lower. I, I don't know if I can. Hold on. I'm sure I did this on mine. It's hot as hell in here. It is hot as hell. You have Lucy's hair on your shirt. There's like a tough... Here, come here. Let me fix it for you. Here. No. No, that's your hair. That's actually your hair. We're a hairy little household over here. Thank you, mother. Ah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I I don't like that. Sometimes you get what you don't like. Gross. That's what this episode's all about. It's all about what, getting what we don't like, okay. which is what? A virus. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that out. Lucy's dreaming right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to RNMD. This is a show about doctors and nurses working together in this mad world of medicine. I'm Daniel, your doctor host. And I'm Abby, your nurse host. And today we're going to have a lot of fun, I think. Really? Kind of. It's a cool topic. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) You're like a lot of fun, and then you're like, kind of. (laughs) Well, I don't know how much fun you want to have, but I'm in the fun mood. You're in a fun zone right now? Fun zone. Did you have DZ fun zone when you were a kid? I did. You did? I think I would drive by it and be like, what's that? I want to go there. My parents were like, no. And you didn't ever go? I never went. My parents loved saying no. Oh, that's too bad. Did you go to Chuck E. Cheese? Of course. But I never went there with my family. I, w- I was always invited there. Yeah, You know same, what I mean? Like a same. kid had a birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So actually, I would go to Chuck E. Cheese a lot because it was cheaper than DZ Fun Zone. So DZ was like a treat. It was like a kid's birthday party. I would be invited. I didn't know that. What do they do at DZ Fun DC Fun Zone? DZ Fun Zone. It's Fuck. the, what is it? It was like, it's the Discovery oh, Zone. Yeah, yeah, Remember, yeah, I remember that? that? Does yeah. that still exist? I don't know. Probably not. They probably went out of business. That place was full of germs. Now, in like this like new COVID era, now, oh, of course. like looking back on Discovery how- Discovery Zone. Discover the virus that this, will Yeah, in the ball pit. You. In the ball pit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's disgusting. It's all- But the viruses were implanted in these places, right? Oh, well, yeah. It depends on who you ask, right? I think so. I think There's that- no way they got there by accident. I think that's the most plausible conspiracy of all these- COVID pandemic conspiracies. Does that even exist, that one? Or I just came up with that? 
So yeah, I just I can come up with a conspiracy like that at the drop of a hat. You see how easy that is? Yeah. I mean, okay. So our topic today is going to be COVID conspiracy theories. If you hadn't guessed, there's a lot to yeah. this. Like, it, I mean, it you can go down this rabbit hole as far as you want to. Dan and I, for everybody who doesn't know, we were both working in a Manhattan ICU when COVID hit New York. Um, and we've tried to record our COVID story um, before, and I deleted it because it was so grim. It was really grim, and it's kind of raw still. And COVID is not gone in America right now, so I just felt like maybe we'll re-record it at some point. Maybe this is like a preamble to that. This is like this is a little more upbeat of a t- well. It depends on how you look at that. Downbeat, upbeat, midbeat. It's midbeat. It's midbeat. Yeah. Um, it was kind of sad, that story. So we'll, we are going to eventually try to do that, but um, now is kind of not the time, I think, right? Now it's the time to talk about fun stuff surrounding the COVID pandemic. Yeah. No more sad stories. Okay. That's the problem. We don't want to hear sad stories. Every day you put on the news, it's like some sad story related to COVID or something uh you yeah, know, something bad that's going on. Yeah, so we're going to try to talk about something funny. Although this could also be in the sad category if you really want to. No. Okay, I mean, it depends. Some of these get a little crazy. So when COVID hit, um, like the end of March, when it really got bad here and everybody was kind of like trapped in their house, I had like a lot of anxiety of what was going to happen. And so then I was on social media a lot. Like that's kind of how I was like dealing with my anxiety. I was on Instagram a lot and I started to notice these hashtags like film your hospital or pandemic. I was confused. And then I started like really researching this and I went down a rabbit hole, which was like really intense and bad. I told you about it. Do you remember Wait, which rabbit hole? There's the, a lot of rabbit holes. The film your hospital one was the first one that oh, I yeah, noticed. Yeah, and yeah. that was at the end of March. I noticed that. And you were so livid. I, you were like... <laughs> I was upset. I was really upset. Yeah. So it was... For anybody who doesn't know about this hashtag, it start. this is kind of where these conspiracy theories started. It started with, the, you know, on the news, everyone was talking about... COVID was hitting, especially New York City, but in general, like they had closed all non-essential surgery. And then there were people, citizens who were driving by hospitals, filming the emergency department, showing what they perceived as a quiet emergency room, and then posting it and saying that everyone was being lied to. If there is a war going on with COVID, where are all the patients? Why doesn't it look that way from the outside of the hospital? Because we all know that posting pictures of sick people with their face is Mm -hmm. the right thing to do, right? Also, if we are trying to contain a virus, we were instructed not to fill waiting rooms of people who were not confirmed COVID. So... Patients were being triaged differently. <laughs> I remember my friends were texting me during that time mm-hmm. because they're outside. People on the outside exactly let their imagination guide them. So they're like, "Oh, I've seen on the news that you know these em- these hospitals are all empty. What do you have to say about that?" And I'm right. like, I don't know where you read that. Yeah, but this hospital is packed. It's packed. We have like 
we have floors that we never used being opened. Right. Rooms that have never been used now that we're using them. It's and like, with no one to staff them. And that that's not hospital specific. That's everyone in New York City. Yeah. And I think that's a good point, too. I think it's fair to say that at the end of March, what we were experiencing in New York, not every hospital in the country was experiencing, but they were closing certain things to prevent the spread of COVID, right? So a hospital in, say, Wyoming might have been more empty than it usually is. And that also was planned by their hospital, right? So to drive by it and say, oh, it's empty, see, there's no virus is not true at all. I mean, it's actually, it's, it was preventative. Because everyone knows that all the media outlets, all the doctors and nurses got together and agreed like, hey, everybody, let's lie about this. Don't let anybody outside find out that we're lying about all these numbers, There's, that we we all know this virus is fake and we're going to conceal it all together because we have such a strong incentive to do this, right? I, all the money I have right now is like yeah, insane. You're, you're rolling in that big pharma money oh, right now. I have so many Bezos in my pocket right now. <laughs> <laughs> we made up, we made this up today. We were saying that it, Jeff Bezos, well, first of all. First of all, his name is Bezos, but she pronounces it Bezos. Bezos, Jeff Bezos. So... I w- we were talking about how Jeff Bezos really missed the mark. He should have made something like Bitcoin, like online money, and and called them Bezos. And so now we're just calling money Bezos. Yeah, like I'll give you twenty Bezos for that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or or you get Bezo points on Amazon. You know, <gasps> do you want to use your Bezos? You have some Bezo credits. Actually, no? that makes more sense. You, you like would it? use it to buy things on Amazon. Hey, you out there. Bezos, if you use this idea, you better give us some Bezos. Trademark, trademark, trademark yeah. Hashtag TMR. T- TMRNMD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of acronyms. It's a lot of acronyms. Okay, so. Um, yeah, tell us about some of these conspiracies. There's Some of these are really funny. Like, I seriously. mean, some of them are funny, and within the humor, it's also scary, right? I mean, it's th- these people are not joking. These people took time out of their day, away from their children, to go um, during a pandemic, go towards a hospital to film it to show that this was all fake and overblown by the media, right? Um, I saw... I started to see momentum pick up with that. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm the kind of person that when I see that, I mean, my impulse is to try to squash it and to try to address it. I think most people for their own mental health, they say, okay, I can't change the way certain people think. And they're going to just kind of focus on their own lives, which is a healthy way to deal with that, right? I do the opposite. I feel like we need to go towards that and try to eliminate it, right? I think by, and it's the same thing with the anti-vax people. It's the same people, right? It's the same people who believe these both these movements. They're anti-medicine people. Um, in my opinion, I feel like we have allowed this to continue without really addressing it head on. We've sort of said, oh, well, people have a right to their own opinion, which is true. Um, But we haven't been tough enough with some of these people, in my opinion. And that has allowed this movement to really grow. The movement is big. These people who don't believe in science, it's big. Right. What you're saying is, but we've allowed them to voice their opinions, their opinions, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, 
as to the fact. point where people are taking it as fact, taking it as fact, and it's becoming part of people's like dialogue about what's going on. It's a know? larger problem, it's a larger than problem. Just someone's, and it causes problems. Yes. It really causes problems. You have a right to free speech, obviously, especially in your own home. You, you have don't a, have a right to free speech. <laughs> you have a right to your opinion and what you do with your own family. Um, but you don't have a right to spread false information that can harm the public, right? Yeah, don't harm the public. Don't harm the public, guys. That's not good. Okay. We already have enough harm out there. Yeah. So then we're moving into like April when New York City was really going through it terribly. Make it more fun. Okay. Make it more interesting. Fun. Don't make it like a, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Make it fun. Like, you know, am I being annoying? No. Like, make it like, Funny. Am I being annoying? <laughs> I don't want be to be funny. Be funny. Be funny. I don't want it to be like here's information. You know what I mean? Like Well, I do want to do it linear though, because it's linear is good. No, yeah. no, I go by the order, but try to make it in a way where like it's like natural but funny, like we're talking, mm-hmm. but you're not going down a list. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is awesome, like the list. I just want to make it like Okay. I don't know how to do that as a problem. You do. You do. Okay. People's attention spans are not good. Yeah, you're right. I would just dive into it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, okay. But, but that's what I was trying to do. Okay, fine. Sorry. <laughs> right, fine. Yeah. I paused myself, by the way, this whole time. Really? Like, right now, I pa- it's paused. Oh. It's back on, right? It's back on. Okay, good. Wait. Are you pausing it or muting it? Muting. Okay, thank God. Okay. Um. Okay. So in April, uh, I noticed that people then started to comment, uh, go out of their way to comment on my Instagram photos. I had a couple of photos of me and my PPE, and some of these people were commenting like, scam, you work for NASA, <laughs> like, I mean, stuff that was like psycho. I remember. Yeah, yeah I was upset about it. It was, it was me. I just made a fake account and I was just trolling her. <laughs> yeah. I got bored. <laughs> you were bored. I was so bored. I'm like, I'm going to mess with her. Oh my God. I mean, I had people who were commenting that I was a crisis actor, that I worked for the government, and that my captions were written by one person, like that all the nurses, there was a few nurses, I wasn't the only one that was targeted on Instagram, that one person had wrote all of our captions and that we weren't even real nurses. We were like... um I don't know. They just took photos of us in PPE and then somebody was writing all of these captions for us. Wow. I mean, it would be easier if What's someone... What's the craziest shit you've heard? Like like sent to you, messages like... Um, I mean, the craziest one was that we... This was... The conspiracy was sent out to kill people. That's what... It wasn't even for money. It wasn't for... It was to kill American citizens. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. what was sent to me that... We were all in it together and we were all doing this to like, well, okay. And we're going to get into this. No, what happened was we all got a letter <laughs> from Bill Gates mm-hmm. and he said, if you're a healthcare exactly. worker, um, we're going to get in on this together. Um, what, did, what did the Well, Bill message? Gates, well, the messages were kind of along the lines that like Bill Gates wants to control the population yeah. of the earth. He thinks that the earth is overpopulated. Yeah. So with 5G. Yeah. He was controlling 
um, trying to kill people and, and microchip them at the microchip same time. Microchip them because come that on, makes sense. We all know that viruses travel through electromagnetic waves. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> if you guys don't know what electromagnetic waves are, they're uh, they're types of light waves, right? That right. have different spectrums and frequencies and mm-hmm. uh, magnitudes and amplitudes. Uh, what? Sorry, no. That it's just interesting too. Go ahead. I'm being boring right now because no. I'm talking about science. No, okay. Well, <laughs> here was another one that I was told, um, and and is still out there today. Um, they are saying people are saying you cannot catch a virus. That like there are people who are claiming that they know about microbiology, and they are saying that there's no way to actually get a virus. They are saying that. A virus is not contagious. It exists. They acknowledge that a virus exists, but it is not contagious and that the human body cannot pick it up. It cannot live within human this? cells. The, these conspiracy people. Oh, they're conspiracy. I thought you were saying this is a legitimate source. No. Okay, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm how opinionated. Do you, how do you battle this kind of ignorance? I mean, it's impossible. Anything you say to these people, they just have something. Oh, it's also, okay, The go back to the 5G thing for a second. I'm sorry to bring up the topic before you go on into it, but I just thought it was No, fun. we will. We're, we're going to hit them harder. We, yeah, we're, this is, I guess, an overview. But um, my one of the my favorite ones was, remember when the USS Comfort came to New York and yeah. they opened the Javits Center? I mean, things were really scary here for a minute. We, we didn't know how bad it was going to get. And we were very lucky that New York City stayed home for us and really flattened the curve in New York. That was the people of New York who did that. That wasn't us. So the USS Comfort came. There were people taking photos from online sources of different times of the comfort of in, in, it looked like maybe people who were sick from maybe another country was being helped in the past, something. I saw pictures of people's feet and they looked very sick and emaciated. There were people saying that the USS Comfort was filled with children and it was for trafficking purposes. That was a big part of this conspiracy theory. I don't understand how all that ties together, but it makes sense to them. I think... Lack of education, yeah, um, and stupidity. I mean, it's also it's a anxiety provoking experience, a global pandemic. They should do research on people with conspiracy theory minds, see if they're Different. missing something. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Neuroscientists out there, please hear yeah. this. They're, I mean, maybe. research people with. Conspiracy theories, research their brains, please. I mean, I got really emotionally involved in this. And even people from my hometown were really into saying that COVID wasn't real. Only old people were going to die from it. Uh, it was overblown by the media. I, I deleted, I ended up deleting my Facebook. I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I remember you were, you were, yeah. It was a little much for me. I mean, when you're dealing with it, I mean, I know this is like a fun, right? It's a fun topic, but at the same time, it's, it's also very serious and very scary. I mean, when you're dealing with watching patients without their families in that way, and then you're having people downplay it and say, minimizing their death because of their age or their, you know, saying they have pre-existing conditions, which is not even true, always true, um, then it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of these myths. Okay. 
Let's talk about the first one. You talk about it because this was one that I didn't know about. You told me about this. You were being told about it. So early on in the COVID pandemic, um, there was a lot of misinformation about eradicating the virus and how to get rid of the virus. And a lot of people were touting the power of heat and high temperatures Mm -hmm. to eradicate the virus. Um, So... I remember there was like all these WhatsApp messages I was getting about like exposure to the sun or temperatures higher than 25 degrees Celsius can destroy the virus. Um, And if you take a sauna, you go into the sauna or you go into a hot, you know, bath, you can get rid of the virus from your body. This was one thing that was like touted early on, I remember. Yeah. But since then, it's been... Very much disproven. I mean, of course. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the, when COVID hit Spain, I think they were in the summer, right? They were in there. Exactly. No, even Iran was hot. Yeah. Or what maybe am I thinking of Iran? Iran was hot. Mm. Australia was hot. Yeah. It was hot. Because it was summertime during that time. They didn't really get hit that hard though, right? Tom Hanks did. That's true. But he was traveling to, he was traveling to Australia, I think. Remember he would post videos like, I'm so sick, but he looked great. Did he? (laughs) He did. I remember. I don't think he posted any video saying he he was so sick. He said, like, I feel really symptomatic. I thought he posted a picture of him and his wife while they both had COVID. I thought they looked great, actually. He said he had, like, weakness and malaise and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. He did say he was sick. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I think at that time, he was actually trying to be uplifting, Yeah, which even I was doing, too. I was saying, you know, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay, you know. Um, And then I think maybe people took all that optimism as, it's fine. This isn't a threat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, like you're saying, the sauna thing, People were saying, oh, if you go sit in a hot sauna, it'll kill the virus because your body temperature, the theory was that your body temperature would rise and kill the virus like a fever, right? Right. I mean, the problem with that is you can get into a sauna, but your core body temperature is going to relatively stay the same, right? Right, exactly. And also if you put hot sun or hot water on the outside of your body to get it to the temperature to kill the virus it would burn you and it wouldn't even, the virus would be inside of your body, not in the outside of your skin. So none of that makes sense. Then there was a bunch of misinformation about certain substances that could eradicate Mm -hmm. the virus. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people were saying alcohol or chlorine spray could do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Some, some men in suits on television were saying to inject yourself with bleach, uh, bleach. Mm -hmm. disinfectant. I almost tried it. I did. I even went to uh, Walgreens and I was like, you got any injectable bleach? And they were like, aisle five. (laughs) They put the syringes next to the bleach? Put it syringes next to the... I had a lot of syringes. I collect syringes, Oh, perfect. Okay. And then they were saying drinking alcohol. I mean, I've never even heard this. I I heard that one. I heard a patient say that to me. I heard a patient say that he had been drinking more alcohol than normal because he had been feeling sick. So he drank more alcohol because he heard that alcohol within your body could kill the virus. I, I wish this was true. I, I mean, just yeah. I mean, since co- everybody's been drinking a little bit more since COVID anyway, so we should, none of us should get it if this yeah, was true. That's true. Maybe that's why uh, <laughs> some of the people I know haven't gotten it. What about garlic? Does that get rid of it? 
Um, I mean, there's no evidence that garlic does anything against COVID. There's nothing that shows that. I mean, people just love garlic. People just love that. Yeah. Yeah. They just say that. That will cure anything. It'll cure anything. Yeah. We have spoken in previous episodes about the benefits of garlic. Briefly. Yeah. We're going to do a whole topic about do garlic. It. Yeah. Do it. We will do it. Oh, wait. Hold on. I want to real quick go back to the alcohol and disinfectant because there's two points about that. First of all, bleach on a surface will kill. No, yeah, that's of course. true. Yeah. But just don't inject yourself with it. Yeah, because there are, I mean, you could cure cancer very easily if you were able to kill human beings in the process, right? There's lots of things that can kill things. That's not the point. The point is how do you not kill the person in the process of the that's treatment? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, bleach can kill like 99% of infectious microbes, mm-hmm. except a small population called spores. So you can kill like a lot with bleach. Almost everything. Almost everything except bacterial spores. But I mean, like most bacteria are not spores, like anthrax, mm-hmm. uh, clostridium, yeah, those kind of things. Um, but in general, if you put bleach on something, it, it can kill most the, of what's. The problem kill you. is, it also kills human beings. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, why would we have to say that? <laughs> oh, I know why. Why. Because we have a leader who doesn't listen to science or medicine. I'm so sorry. It's going to be a miracle cure. <laughs> I can't even do his it's voice. It's going to go away. It's going to fade it's away. It's going to vanish <laughs> vanish into the abyss. <laughs> Every day he changes his opinion. Yeah, and then he wore a mask. He's confusing on purpose. It's planned. He's confusing. I don't yeah. think he knows what a virus is. I No, he certainly doesn't. TV, man, woman, TV, <laughs> television. What did he say? Ivanka is going to cure the virus. <laughs> Poor Ivanka. With Goya. <laughs> I saw a meme of Ivanka and it was like that face she makes where she's just so unhappy. And it's like when you just wanted a sugar daddy and now you have to be the first lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I like that. Poor Ivanka. <laughs> You're thinking about Melania. Oh. Yeah. There's a different name with the A at the end. It's You're, okay. You're right. He would marry his daughter. Yeah. You're right. I get them mixed up, I guess. Their names. Yeah. yeah. My father is the president of the United States of America. <laughs> you can edit this out later. Yeah, maybe I will. I'm not sure yet. She is pretty. Though. Maybe Melania is. but Melania is. I think they both are very good looking. I wish that they weren't associated with him because then I might be inclined to be like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm I, think, not. I think Jared Kushner's hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So what about other things that can kill the virus? Okay. Here, here's one actually, because this, I actually see on the news a lot. Okay. Like UV light. I see all these restaurants that are going in with these machines and like UV light lamps, like killing the virus. The problem is again, all of these theories, people are trying to apply to their own bodies, right? And UV light can be harmful to your body. So you shouldn't go sit in a tanning bed Unless you're Pauly D with the situation. <laughs> Pauly D, I love him, but he looks like a raisin. He's been like dried out in the sun for way too long. He looks like a bottle of old whiskey. No, I'm kidding. I love you, Pauly D. You're, he's actually great. He's yeah, awesome. I actually love I'm him. Kidding. So now we're going to get into the weirder, the weirder things. Okay. The hottest, most ridiculous conspiracy theory that we hear all the time is this 5G mobile network conspiracy mm-hmm. that people think that 5G networks can co- spread the infection. The theory that I heard, and by heard I mean I read because I was reading all of these people's like crazy shit on Instagram, 
the theory was that the virus escaped from the lab in Wuhan, okay, or was put out there on purpose, regardless, it doesn't matter, you know, none of that really matters to them. Then it hit the 5G and it mutated it. The 5G mutated it and it made it more virulent, virulent? Yeah. More virulent. That's good. That's perfect pronunciation. And then it was weaponized against us. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of different muddled conspiracies. I'm just picturing little G.I. Joe viruses Mm -hmm. running in electrons. Yeah. And going into people's like nasal passages. Okay. And causing, and bombing our lungs. I don't know. Well, and... How how would that even work? The five G. I don't. For even those understand. of you who don't know, viruses are like these parasitic beings. A lot of people don't consider viruses organisms. They're parasitic beings that need living organisms to survive. I think that's important to mention. It's important to know. Yeah. Viruses need living organisms and their cells to survive. Host. They need a host. Yeah. Um, they could survive on inert substances for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. COVID has proven that it could survive. What? 24 to 72 hours yeah. on, on, on some a hard surface, hard yeah. surface on fomites. Yeah. But come on, they don't travel through electromagnetic waves. Um, or why sp- would, okay. I think too, like if it was on a hard surface, I think the, I, I think I'm trying so hard to understand what they are saying, but you it's, can't, it's it very difficult. Sense. It doesn't make sense. It's very difficult. But I think what they were saying was, that the virus is maybe on a hard surface or in the air, and then the 5G hits it in that way, and the virus itself mutates into like something that's harder to kill or would kill a human easier. And why would it only mutate the COVID? If it has that much of a power, why doesn't it affect so many other things around that's it? That's such a good point. You know what I mean? Why is it just COVID? Why is it just attack? It's a special 5G network that only targets the COVID? Maybe it's because, hold on. Okay, now we're conspiracy, we're conspiracy theorists. Hold on. Maybe, we're conspiracy conspiracy theorists. Yeah, 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 we are. Yeah. Okay, no, maybe, maybe it's, be, why? okay, wait, hold on. Maybe I'm starting to understand. So maybe that's why they're saying this specific virus was released to be weaponized because it is susceptible to 5g okay <laughs> i don't know i don't know either i don't but i like it <laughs> this is crazy okay so no, but but the thing is it spread from the wuhan lab first right then it latched onto the 5g network which amplified its virulence how do you pronounce it virulence <laughs> virulence if okay wait if it was like that right if that's what why go to the trouble of releasing it from the wuhan lab why not just let it why not just put 5g on it while it's in the lab and make it like really crazy I know. and then release it i agree why not put it in our water if you really want to spread it yeah it's way easier it's way easier. A virus is like kind of tough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, so hold on. I think we we're just going to say this real quick, okay? Viruses can't travel on radio waves, okay? Or mobile networks, right? Um and it's also COVID is also spreading in countries that don't have 5G. So that's really important. There are that's like such a good point. Yeah, there are countries that are being affected that do not have 5G. So, um mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the it. best point. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we already talked On about On this subject, though, I think we should highlight mm-hmm. um, 
the Bill Gates element of this. We will. We ha- I have a whole thing about Bill Gates. We're going to get into it. It's it's like one of the better ones, so we're going to save it for a second. Okay. Okay. Um, so one of the big things that we hear all the time and has been disproven time and time again, but it still is out there, is the CO2 intoxication. It's this um, idea that if you ask somebody to wear a mask for 15 minutes while they're in a store, they're going to get um, hypercapnic. They get sick. I've, su- I've seen videos of these like Karen in their car after they go into Walmart and they're like, oh my God, I feel so sick. And it's like terrible for me. Okay. Well, there's been, first of all, for everybody who's on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen, there's tons of videos of nurses who are wearing surgical masks and have a pulse ox on and their oxygen level is around 98%. Right. So, I mean, that's, right there. Also, we wear them at work. Surgeons wear them regularly for hours at a time. This isn't a thing, right? What else? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What's the the male version? Ken. They're saying the male version of Karen is Ken. Oh, yeah. I knew that. I'm paused. Okay. What's the male version of Karen, by the way? It's uh, Ken. They're calling it Ken. Ken, Ken and Karen. I like that. Yeah, Ken and Karen. Ken. Yeah. So I've seen a few Kens. Yeah, same. I've seen. I've seen both. Actually, I've seen up close. Um, yeah. Up close. I mean, the, some of these people. I mean, it, it's a again, it's a delicate line, right? What do you do? What do you do if you see somebody refusing to wear a mask? I mean, do, do you yell at them? I don't. I don't think that that really solves the problem because they've already made a conscious choice. They've already thought about it in their home before they went out in the public that they don't want to do it, and they know that they could be confronted. Um, so, what do you really do? I mean, I saw a video the other day of this older woman with her dog saw a young couple, Mm -hmm. husband and wife, they were like in their 20s, sitting outside, eating lunch, Mm -hmm. all alone. They were were separate from everybody. They Mm -hmm. weren't even close to other people. Mm -hmm. They were just eating lunch, of course, without their masks. Yeah. She went out of her way to come to their table and scold them Mm -hmm. for not wearing masks while eating lunch. Yeah. And pepper sprayed them. What? Pepper sprayed the wife's face and the husband's face and their food. And they had children around who were screaming and wow. crying during this. Yeah. I Luckily, the, they recorded her uh, license plate and they're going to like... Wow. Yeah. They're, they're like pressing charges. I mean, if this couple... Her point is that they could have COVID or contract COVID, right? Well, she has no point. She so, so, but think about it. Now you're pepper spraying them. You're causing the person to cough. You're causing nasal secretions. I mean, you're increasing if, if these people had COVID you're inc- exactly. and you're walking towards them. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I think at this point we can agree that if you're in your small social circle, right? I mean, like we do, we, we hang out, we've been hanging out since COVID hit here, but I'm not going to go to a bar. I'm going to be, we go, you and I go to the park and yeah, we might eat yeah. or something and sit alone, but we're not going in. Who the fuck is going to, and we're separate from everybody. Exactly. Why would you go out of your exactly. way towards us? So as long as you're being cautious, especially if you're outside, I mean, y- y- People do have to live to a certain degree. We yeah. can't all be trapped in the house for the you know of years. Course, of course, um, and it's unrealistic to expect, also. But yeah, that's crazy. Doctor, here, this one's for you. Hydroxychloroquine. Let's talk about it. It's a miracle drug. 
It's going to cure all the viruses in the world. It's going to cause world peace. <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine is a wonder drug. It's going to fade away. It's going to eradicate all the viruses <laughs> that cause illness. I don't know what he's saying. Dude. I don't know what he's saying. Okay, talk about hydroxychloroquine. Because we did think for a second, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we all tested it. New York City, uh, most of the ICUs were testing hydroxychloroquine, right? Right, right? We thought it might do something. I mean, early on, uh, people were very liberal with using it because mm-hmm. they thought the, you know, the harm of using it was quite low. Mm-hmm. The risk risk profile was low. The side of, there are side effects, yeah. but it's not that high. It's dose dependent. So they're like, let's just empirically use this. But I mean, as a doctor myself, I, I did not like using it. I never personally chose to prescribe it because mm-hmm. there wasn't enough data about it. Definitely. And, you know, I think as a doctor, the first thing is do no harm. Mm-hmm. Um, so regardless of its low risk side effect, I thought that starting it could potentially cause harm. Because there uh, are what, arrhythmias, right? That's the side. Arrhythmias. Yeah. They can cause retinal damage. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of side effects that it can cause, but generally it's well tolerated. I mean, a lot of people take hydroxychloroquine um, as an anti-malarial drug or prophylactic anti-malarial drug, like uh, p- patients with rheumatoid arthritis or mm-hmm. lupus, they, they take it and without issue usually. But but there's evidence that it helps those things also, and we have no evidence that it's helping COVID. So those that then that changes the risk, right? Changes the risk. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hydroxy- I'm not like so against it where I'm like, oh, how dare they try this? I think we were desperate in the beginning. Absolutely. But to tout publicly that this is a miracle drug with no evidence. With no evidence is very irresponsible. Yeah, totally. very irresponsible. I think it's fair that scientists and doctors tried it, just like anything. I mean, remdesivir, same kind of thing. We didn't have a ton of data saying, you know, dexamethasone, same thing. We didn't have a ton of data. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, I mean, it's a novel virus. We're just doing whatever we can. We we felt really helpless, especially in New York City, the very beginning, we felt helpless. We right. didn't know how to help. I mean, we're trying plasma, we're trying vitamin C, zinc. I mean, anything we could give to them that we thought might do something. What so, it's, I mean, it's fair that they tried it, but it's also fair that we immediately, at least from what I saw, immediately people, physicians were saying, we're not seeing positive outcomes and they stopped it. Right? Out, but let's incorporate this. I like this. Okay, fine. Watch, watch. This song is called Helpless. <laughs> Remember? Wait. <laughs> I don't think we have the rights to the song. No. It's good, dude. I'm obsessed with Hamilton. I can't stop. The song I, is really good. We're going to put that in there. Oh, my see God. That we'll get like an email from, from Hamilton, yeah. Miranda. Yeah. He'll send us a whole constitutional, you know, manuscript like that we can't use this. <laughs> What's he going to send us? I don't know. He's <laughs> Hamilton. Fuck. He can write something amazing. He's going to rap to us like you can't fucking use this he, content. He would know? write. Okay, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> he would write us like the most well-written letter to say that he's suing the ever-living shit out of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> RNMD and Lin-Manuel Miranda. We have That's like, the name of this podcast. We have like seven episodes and he's going to be like, we're suing your company for everything. And we'll be like, we don't even have a company. We don't have anything. <laughs> we don't even have I an LLC. we made like $4 so far. I think we made four sixty on oh, ads. Right? We're swimming so, in Bezos, baby. Swimming in Bezos. What can we do with that? $4 and what? 460. 
Four sixty. Yeah. Holy smokes! I know. We can get. We can't uh, even buy a coffee with that. <laughs> we can buy a beautiful latte from our local coffee shop. From my kitchen. From your kitchen. Yeah, my kitchen accepts Bezos. And then record another podcast. Fine, keep at it, right? right? Yeah. Please watch our podcast so we can make more Bezos. We need Bezos, guys. Give us some Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. So, okay, wait, here's another, here's a good one. Here's a really good one that people constantly say to me, okay? That obviously coronaviruses are common, right? Common cold. We've all been exposed to coronaviruses and and you've probably been tested for them in the past, right? So the idea is that because coronavirus is so common that when we do the COVID swab that you're going, you're, you will test positive because you've been exposed and that we can't with the COVID swab, we cannot specify which coronavirus you've been exposed to. That's just not true. I mean, that's just false. That's just false information. It's a specific test. It's a specific test. Co- SARS-CoV-2 test. That's right. SARS-CoV-2. Co- yeah. Um, and viruses are very easy, actually, from what I've read, to to trace. It's like It's like tracing a tree or a rock or something. The people who do this for a living were able to very quickly trace the virus itself, show that it mutated at least once and that it probably came from an animal source. Um, and the original, the original form of this virus was actually something that didn't latch onto human cells that easily. And it mutated to actually become better, you know, at getting into human cells. So I think, first of all, that's also interesting to me to say that this was released or manufactured, why would you manufacture a virus where it doesn't even really latch onto human cells that well in the first place? Mm-hmm. Right. It's also, I mean, it's very virulent, but, um, it's not like the most virulent either though. Right. 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 They might as well make it the most virulent, right? Yeah. If they were going to manufacture it, why wouldn't it be more like, um, like how measles spreads or airborne airborne like pure airborne not just sometimes they make it more powerful yeah right and more deadly also not to say that it isn't it is but if you're going to manufacture it why not just do the damn thing i agree right so sars cov2 shares about 90 percent of its genetic material with coronaviruses that infect bats which suggests that the virus originated in bats and later hopped to human. But the interesting thing is this other conspiracy theory that's pretty rampant um, is the virus was made in a lab. Um, a lot of the reason why this conspiracy was spread was because there happened to be a lab, a viro- virology lab in Wuhan. Yeah, there is a lab where there. this virus um, originated um, that happened to be studying coronaviruses. I mean that that's kind of crazy. That is kind of weird. Specifically Let's coronavirus. Be honest, Let's that, be honest. Like that one I got to give to this conspiracy theorist that like I could see where they think that. I mean China is a huge country. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I mean most cities in China don't have virology labs that are studying coronavirus specifically. Right. Right. Um according to the scientist who um, is the head of the lab studying um, 
coronaviruses, she said that none of the um, viruses that she studies match the genetic material of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that's causing the pandemic. That's what is being said, apparently. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but that's why this theory has been debunked. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, is they've shown that this virus uh, specifically was, was not found in this lab. Was not found in the lab. So the next topic is about kids. I mean, this this one's rough for me because, first of all, school is quickly coming. Actually, before you go into the kids one. What? I have one here. Is COVID was created as a biological weapon. Oh. Yeah, we kind of said that, right? Do you have anything to add? Um, I have to pee. Go ahead. Can I pee? Yeah, pee. Okay. I slammed that LaCroix. <laughs> all right, all right. So now back to... I'm so into you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You sound just like them. You sound just like the. Why the am I not on Broadway? You should have been. This oh my is god, with my Michigan accent. So apparently, twenty three percent of people believe that this virus was developed intentionally, with only six percent believing it was an accident. Uh, this theory that the Chinese somehow created the virus is particularly popular on the U.S. political right. We're not against any political right. parties here. We're just we're just uh, reading. Uh, a news bit. So yeah. it doesn't matter which political party you are. We all have, we both have friends and family on both ends and we're not here to judge. We're, even though we have our own beliefs, we are not, yeah. we're not judgy, right? Yeah, yeah. Believe what you want. I mean, but we're just pointing something out. Yeah. That it is a conspiracy on the far right specifically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they believe that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is linked to Beijing's covert bioweapons program. And this was backed by um, U.S. Senator Tom Cotton, a Republican from Arkansas, mm-hmm. um, that was published in the Washington Examiner, which is a highly conservative media outlet. Um, however, this theory has been easily debunked, and there is unambiguous scientific evidence, thanks to genetic sequencing, that right. SARS-CoV-2 virus has entirely natural origins as a zoonotic virus originating in bats, like you mentioned earlier. And the examiner has since added a correction mm-hmm. at the top of the original piece, admitting the story is probably false. The problem with that is, though, they release the story, and they know that. So someone who already does not really believe in science isn't going to read or care about that retraction and is also not going to care about science evidence. They're going to say it's fake in general. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Want to move on? Yeah. What's the next topic? Kids. Okay. Fall is quickly approaching. And, you know, this one... This one's tough for me. I did a poll on my Instagram. Um, someone who I'm friends with who is not a healthcare provider actually asked me to poll because she's living in Florida and she has three children. And she definitely knows that COVID is a threat. She also has three children and they need to go to school, right? So I do understand that, especially if you have to go to work yourself, um, it's difficult to have kids in the house for this many months and you can't really have play dates or go to the playground 
it, it's hard. It's harder on children, in my opinion, right? right. Kids need social interaction. For they their, need to be outside. Yeah, they need to be running around. Growth and development. They're not meant to be sitting at home. No. It's not good. It's not good for them. Um, so I do understand that um, the poll that I put up, I think it was somewhere around 90% of healthcare professionals who responded said they don't think that we should open schools in the fall. And I mean, that's kind of anecdotal pertaining to who follows me. Right. Right. But, um, I thought it was interesting because I actually felt a little unsure of that answer. I felt like, I mean, if it's not really affecting the kids, if the kids are safe. Um, but I think a lot of people have been saying, but the teachers are not definitely not protected. Schools are already underfunded. Now you have kids who are vectors possibly, Um, and I mean, I think we've seen that in New York city, there were, there were teachers who were definitely affected who got COVID here. Yes, absolutely. It's very dangerous for the teachers and anybody, not just teachers, anybody who's working there. And, and you're asking someone who already, who already has a very tough job, who already is underpaid, underappreciated. And now you're asking them to enforce social distancing among kids, make the, make kids wear masks. Now the teacher's responsibility, you know, lies with that instead of teaching. It's, it's not an easy answer, right? Right. Also, I think a kid in front of an iPad, are they really learning? I, I don't know, you know? It's, and even if they are, I don't think it's good for their development. Or, yeah, it's just a I, bad, it's, it's a, a bad, bad situation for everybody. Very bad. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Fortunately, though, I think that uh, the virus, fortunately, is not as common among children, Mm -hmm. which is good, of course. I mean, you always kind of worry about children's immune systems, that they're weaker, they're uh, harbors of infections and microbes, but fortunately, we have seen it less in children. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it can't spread to children or through children, right? but they generally have less inflammatory responses compared to um, elders. Um, And of course, there is this um, Kawasaki-like inflammatory response response that we've seen in a handful of of children. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not common, but it's still possible. It's still possible. Why would you want to put your child at risk? Exactly. Who wants to put, what if that's your kid? I mean, yeah, that's, so there was a CDC study. They um, studied 1.3 million cases of COVID in the U.S. from January to May. And they found that the rate of confirmed infections in kids under nine was 52 cases per 100,000 children um i mean it's pretty low it was an average of 400 cases of any age not just under nine of any age per a hundred thousand it's low but it's not zero i mean four that's still 400 kids right that's a you know that's if that's your kid that's i'd still put a mask on my kid yeah it's just hard how do you enforce that with kids i mean it's so tough and they they touch their face they touch the desk they touch their friend it's tough what about face masks though do they actually work that's the thing (laughs) well that's a funny that's so that's a funny one because people are saying that face masks actually do nothing right so the theory is that if everyone is wearing a face mask then COVID shouldn't exist, period. That's what people are saying. So if everybody was social distancing and not wearing face masks and wearing face masks during the first wave, 
I mean, we're still in the first wave, but when it first initially hit, why is it still here? So that's their rationale. Face masks do nothing. I mean, who's to say how much worse it could have been if yeah. we didn't wear face masks? Exactly. A review of the literature offers evidence in favor of widespread mask use to reduce community transmission. Mm-hmm. Non-medical masks use materials that obstruct droplets of the necessary size. People are most infectious in the initial period post-infection, where it is common to have few or no symptoms. Non-medical masks have been effective in reducing transmission of influenza. Non-medical masks have been shown to be effective in small trials at blocking transmission of coronavirus. Um, And places and time periods where mask usage is required or widespread have shown substantially lower community transmission. Mm -hmm. So the available evidence basically suggests that near universal adoption of non-medical masks when out in public, in combination with public health measures, could successfully reduce effective um, prevention of transmission of of this virus. Um, And also, um, economic analysis suggests that the impact of mask wearing could be thousands of U.S. Bezos (laughs) saved per person per mask. So, I mean, so, okay, let's talk about that. First of all, People who wear mask communities that widespread mask use, it's proven already that they do have lower community transmission, right? Right. Also, I mean, a lot of these people, their argument for not doing the shutdowns, not social distancing, all of this is the economy. That's their excuse, right? How's the economy going to benefit when everyone is sick and we are bogging down the healthcare system and no one can work because they're sick and they're paying out tons of money in their insurance fees, deductibles, medication, taking time off work, et cetera. It's just not logical. (laughs) And there's tons of evidence showing that masks work against other viruses. There's, um, there's a lot of evidence with like the particles, the size of the particles. And that's why we mentioned influenza. It's not a comparison, but it is important to show that we have studies of influenza and mass. That's why we use that, that comparison, because we can prove that it does stop influenza. So a recent study published comparing COVID-19 growth rate before and after mask wearing in 15 states and D.C., Washington, D.C., it found that mask mandates led to a slowdown in daily COVID growth rates, which became more apparent over time. The first five days after the mandate, the daily growth rate slowed by 0.9 percentage points compared to the five-day prior to the mandate. At three weeks, the daily growth rate had slowed by two percentage points. I mean, so that's that's as close as we're going to get to data on this topic with COVID, not the flu, not a different virus, um, for now. Right. But I think that shows kind of, yeah, the masks are doing something. It's helping. I mean, there's another study that I just saw that was kind of interesting across, uh, 198 countries where the cultural norm, because we're talking about Asian countries, it's the norm. I mean, like a third of people just wear masks every single day. That's just part of their daily life. 
Um, so some of these countries and where the government policies were favor- favoring mass wearing, they had lower death rates. So again, that's that's showing. And then, I mean, some anecdotal data too. I mean, I think some a lot of people heard there was two hairstylists in Missouri and they had come into contact with 140 clients while they both were COVID positive and did not know it. Everybody wore a mask and none of the clients tested positive. So, I mean, that's anecdotal data, but I think it's powerful in this time where we don't have a lot of data. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So wait, we mentioned the flu as a comparison we were using as a study for the mask, but flu has been compared to COVID. Doctor, help me. So it's important to talk about the differences between the flu and the, and COVID, right? Um, the number one thing that I want to make really clear, because everyone on Facebook, everybody's aunt on Facebook loves to say that, why are we doing all of this for a virus that is as deadly or less deadly than the flu? That is simply not true. And we have a lot of evidence about that, actually. So it's important, first of all, to just be reminded that the death rate is different country to country because we have different populations and we have different healthcare systems. In the US, the death rate here for COVID-19 is around 4%. It's 3.6%, according to Johns Hopkins. The flu is 0.1%, okay? So if we're talking about death rates, even if the death rate was around 1% for COVID, it's still 10 times higher than the flu, and it's not. It's being shown here as closer to 4%. I think that's important to to notice. 4% can sound not that high. It actually is very high, right? I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the one I see really commonly. We have a 96% um, you know, recovery rate or something. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing all of this? Mm-hmm. 4% of the population, 4% is a lot. Right. I agree. The next one that I want to mention, and you need to take care of this one because I don't know how this works, um, that COVID is being written on death certificates of patients, even when they're not COVID positive, um, to increase the death rate, COVID-related death rate, and to increase our financial compensation for the hospital. I've heard this a few times. I think it's kind of silly, to be honest with you. I didn't even know about this until recently because... Uh, the funny thing is I'm the one that fills out these death certificates if I have a patient who unfortunately passes from COVID or any cause of death. Um, I have never been told to write um, that COVID was a cause of death in any of my patients. Mm-hmm. In fact, there were numerous times where I was told not to write COVID as the cause of the infection uh, of the death. And I was told to write viral pneumonia, or I was told to just say hypoxic respiratory failure. I was always told to avoid writing it. Because? Multiple reasons. One of them was um, at the time there were special outlets for reporting these deaths, and they wanted to um, report it through those special outlets and not directly with the... um, On the death certificate. On the death certificate. You would report it to like the health department. Exactly. Right. So... I think maybe there was like a handful of times where I actually wrote COVID on a death certificate. But in reality, I always wrote, you know, 
viral pneumonia or hypoxic respiratory failure secondary to viral pneumonia? I, I think that's important. So because I don't do this and I, I don't see death certificates written as a nurse, right? So I I didn't really know. That's why I asked you about this because um, let's say somebody came in for a different reason and but while they were in the hospital and they were maybe even dying of cancer, let's say, but then they also tested positive for COVID and they had really bad COVID pneumonia and that's actually what killed them, but they were also probably going to die of their cancer diagnosis. What would you write on that death certificate? I would say um, viral pneumonia as a complication of the the cancer of the cancer, yeah, exactly. so the cancer is listed, right? Of course. So you you wouldn't just label that as a COVID death and and then and that's it. No, I would not. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if I I'm working at a hospital, I'm working with these COVID patients, and I don't even really understand, you know, until I did more research and talked to you about it, I didn't even understand how these death certificates were being written. So it's it's interesting that somebody behind a computer screen who's not even stepping foot in a hospital is pretending that they understand this process. Exactly. Yeah. The reimbursement that you get for COVID, it's like any diagnosis. And that's through Medicare, Medicaid. That's not specific to COVID. We get certain reimbursements. It's an allotted amount. It's easier than trying to go through the billing for each individual patient and tally up how much money. They just say, for COPD admission, you get this. For asthma exacerbation, you get this. So they made a designated amount for COVID for somebody who's on the floor and somebody who's in the ICU, right? Right. So then that reimbursement, again, is only Medicaid, Medicare patients. It's not for everyone. The government isn't just sending checks to the hospital for every single COVID patient. We're getting them for people with government insurance. And that, I mean, in your opinion, it was something like 30, uh, around $30,000 for an ICU level COVID patient. That in my opinion, is a drop in the bucket, right? Right. These COVID patients require a lot of care, a lot of heavy-duty medication, a lot of management, a lot of equipment, and they are there for, at least in New York City when the pandemic, maybe it's different in other parts of the country, but when it happened here, the the patients were on the vent for weeks. Yeah. So $30,000, I don't know. I'm not a financial, you know, a hospital person in that regard, but I I don't I don't think we were making money for sure. No, I mean there's a lot of data showing how much hospitals have lost money from this. Oh, really? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean most hospitals, don't quote me on this, but from talking to a lot of people, uh, I've been told that most hospitals make money from Surgical procedures, elective, proce- elective surgical procedures yeah. um, is their bread and butter. That's where the profits are in. And during the COVID pandemic, those procedures dramatically decreased. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where their profits tanked. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of hospitals were in the red most of these months of the pandemic. 
Um, I don't know what's going on right now, but they're definitely not making money. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, because we all know that Bill Gates is a poor man, <laughs> desperate for cash. Right, right. He's like literally giving money away. Like I don't understand this Bill Gates thing. Why Bill Gates? Like it's such a weird because he likes vaccines. I think that's part of. It. I mean, that leads into the next thing. So it, not just Bill Gates specifically. The last one was. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in general are trying to sterilize people, okay? And that's like the point of this whole thing. They're trying to microchip the people that are here and they're trying to sterilize people in general. This idea comes from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has acknowledged that birth control is the first step in um, helping people get out of poverty. So one of their initiatives has been to take birth control and give it to developing countries because most of the time a family who's struggling to feed the children that they already have does not want another child, right? They would choose birth control if they had access to it. And many times they don't have access. So they are providing that. It's not mandatory. It's not required. It's something, it's a service that they offer because they, they realize that most people don't choose to have eight children. Right. Right. Um, so I think that's where it just comes from that. And then they took it and ran with it and said that the Bill Gates and Melinda Gates want to sterilize the, the world, the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're lying about COVID. Again, it just all ties back. Bill Gates is lying about COVID to sell us a mandatory vaccine where he can charge you. And then he can also implant a microchip. You want to say the joke that I wrote for you? You wrote this for me? Yeah. I do like this joke, but I would have phrased it a little differently. You phrase it the way you want. She wrote, for Daniel, (laughs) the only chips that we are getting are Doritos. (laughs) Oh, my God. You don't like that? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny. It's making me hungry more than anything. We could have some Doritos. The only chips that we are getting are Doritos. The bottom line is... Don't listen to this crap. (laughs) (laughs) The bottom line is there are so many... COVID conspiracies out there Mm -hmm. and they all are ridiculous in their own way. And the thing is that you're thinking probably these people are nuts. Like how can they possibly believe this stuff? They're so uneducated. Um, They're so misinformed. But the interesting thing is that there is a reason for this type of behavior. There is a reason for people believing this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, At least we believe there is. And I mean, there's data. There's to data. Show. And psychologists have identified a number of psychological traits that are related to conspiracy beliefs, mm-hmm. including the predisposition to see systematic patterns where there is only random noise or to interpret coincidence as intentional cause. But when it comes to a global pandemic and the deaths, socialized, social isolation, and collapsing economy that it has brought about, mm-hmm. three factors are key uncertainty anxiety, and powerlessness. Mm -hmm. So basically, conspiracy theories, more than benign beliefs and wacky ideas about the Illuminati or aliens, actually do serve a valuable psychological function. They don't just merely entertain us. They they are used to comfort us. Mm -hmm. Um, Some can say that this is a type of um, you know, defense mechanism yeah, it's a of cop- sorts. It's, it's a, a coping, coping mechanism. mechanism. Yeah. Uh, a tool for imposing structure on an unpredictable and unforgiving world, thereby relieving stress and res- uh, and reducing anxiety. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that too. I mean, I, I think it, it's comforting to say, oh, it's only a 4% death rate or it's like the flu. 
because you're familiar with the flu. And so it can be comforting if you don't have a grasp of science to say, it's going to be fine. This is overblown. We're being told it's bad, but it's not. Right. Right. I mean, it really is probably because this is a difficult, a pandemic is a difficult thing for someone to come to terms with. Difficult to cope with. Yeah. Yeah. Even for us, even for us, it was difficult. Because I mean, there's so much uncertainty. You don't know what's going on. So you're saying what's happening, Mm -hmm. you know, and you try to make sense of it by looking at the information out there. And sometimes you come to irrational conclusions, Yeah, you know, based on what people are feeding you out there. Um, and the people that are feeding this information, maybe they have some kind of incentive or maybe they have some clinical psychiatric issues that you you don't don't, know about. Right. What do you know about the guy who's posting or I was going to say guy or girl, but it's probably a guy, uh, (laughs) posting (laughs) about what do you know about the psychological issues behind someone posting these things? Or where they're even posting from. I mean, Instagram just recently started to put locations on some of these places. Most of them are in places it looks like they're being posted within the United States, and they're not. A lot of them. I looked when I was doing research for this episode. A lot of them are from different countries. So then it begs the question, why? Why would another country, why would someone be targeting Americans which using hashtags that we use in America for to spread information, misinformation. Misinformation, yeah. yeah. That's right. I mean... That I, sounds more like a conspiracy to me, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, I'm coming up with my own now. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Anyway, okay. So thank you, everybody. Please stay safe out there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you like the show, please rate us. Please subscribe. We really need the love right now. This is a new new podcast, new idea. We really um, need some support. Um, if you have any topics, please email us at rnmdpodcast at gmail.com. Also, we're going to be releasing releasing a fundraiser for getuspppe.org that will be available on my Instagram, which is at the nocturnal nurse. Um, and you can go into my link tree and you'll see the, um, the, the link there for it. So please donate because I'm having, unfortunately now I've had many frontline workers emailing me saying that they do not have PPE. So we're going to do a fundraiser paired with, um, Hey Siri MD, Um, so it's a good initiative for, from Dan and from me and from Hey Siri, which all three of us worked in New York city during the first wave here. Um, because we understand what it's like to be scared that you're not going to have an N95. So we want to try to, people showed us a lot of love. We want to do the same for the healthcare workers in the other areas that are suffering. Okay. All right. Word up. All right. Thank (laughs) Thank you you so so much. much. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you. Bye.